Good morning again. It is a delight to be with you. Um, I haven't had a chance to formally introduce myself to guests and visitors. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm one of your pastors here at Hope. A special welcome to you and to all who are worshiping with us online. We're in a new sermon series called Come Lord Jesus as the, the first people uh, began to expect and, and, and anticipated the coming of Jesus, we too anticipate the second coming of Christ. And so what we're doing is we're taking a look at, at people like Mary, and we're praying along with her and saying, come Lord Jesus. Today we're, we're looking specifically at her song, As She Glorifies the Lord. Before I go too much further, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, may by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you bless the words of my mouth? Would you bless the thoughts that are in our hearts? That they might be acceptable, pleasing to you. And Lord, would you empower our hands, and our feet so we might do your will in this world and that we might be a part of and help usher in your kingdom. This we pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Years ago, about 22 years ago, I was out where my parents were living and we had lots of family friends in this particular area and we had one of those family friends who was just a delight to be with us. In one moment, he could make you laugh. So much that your belly would just about split open. You know, one of those wonderful storytellers that could just drag you right in and, and then burst out laughing. And in the very next moment, he could get so serious. He could draw you into the very love and grace of God. So there we were 22 years ago around the dinner table laughing and, and, and joyously and nearly crying from, 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 from the stories that he was telling. And then he said, Mike, what are you up to? And I, I said, well, I'm getting ready for Advent. I'm getting ready for all these Christmas sermons. I, uh, one I'm working on, uh, it's, it's about the Magnificat. It, it's about Mary's song that, that you and I heard part of today. And then he got real quiet. And he said, Mary is that model of faith and obedience that we should all aspire to be. He's absolutely right. Mary is that model of faith and obedience that we should all aspire to be. She sings this song, and she sings this song after a conversation that she has with, with her cousin Elizabeth. And both women have unexpected pregnancies. Elizabeth, had, she's thought to be far beyond the years of having a child of her own. And yet there she is, pregnant. And she, in a few months, she's going to deliver John. And John is going to be this mighty prophet that arises, and he is going to point Israel to Jesus. He's going to point, point the, the nation to, a, to repentance. And, and you and I hear his words, and, and we too are pointed by his sermons of saying no to sin and saying yes 
to the cross and to resurrection life in Christ. And Mary, she's got an unexpected pregnancy as well. She's engaged, but she's not married. And that puts her life and the life of Christ at risk. But because she has so much faith and trust and obedience to the Lord, she has been joyously carrying this child. At the end of this conversation between these two women, Mary lifts up her own voice and she sings these words. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. To, 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 one, one particular word jumps out at me here in, in this first few verses of her song, and it's that word glorify. Uh, traditionally, it's been translated as magnify. This is the time of year when, when so many astronomers love to get out and see the heavenly dances that go on between the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets. And so what do they do? They, they drag out their, their telescopes so that those heavenly bodies might be magnified and that they might see clearly the dance that's going on above. That's what Mary's about. She wants you to clearly see what's going on like a telescope. Or, or maybe it's like this. This is also that time of year when, when the snowbirds move from the north to the south and, and the birders get out their, their big their, their big binoculars. I mean, birders are exceptional people because they have exceptional binoculars. Not the little ones that I got, the big ones. They, they want to clearly see the birds as they move from the north to the south, as they move from the upper Midwest down to Arizona, driving their cars. <laughs> maybe you're not an astronomer, maybe you're not a, maybe you're not a birder. Maybe you're over 45, and it's my hope and my prayer that you all make it there, but if you're over 45, you're probably also going to need bifocals so that you can clearly see the words on the page that's right before you. Mary's soul wants to magnify the Lord so that the people around her can clearly see who God is is that they might see the Son of God. She's going to use everything she's got. Her heart, her mind, her strength will be dedicated to helping other people know Jesus. She's going to do that in two different ways. The first way, she's going to rejoice. She is going to rejoice. She is going to tell the story of God's goodness again and again and again. She is going to sing this song so that everybody can hear. You know, I thought at first, I said, you know, up here in the upper Midwest, we're really not good about rejoicing. And I said, oh, forget that. Of course we are. Have you seen the Bison fans today? <laughs> They're rejoicing. You've seen the Packer fans? 
They're rejoicing after that absolute trouncing of the lion. Sorry, Pastor Sarah. We love to rejoice when our sports teams win. We hoop and we holler. We jump up and down. We honk our horns all the way up and down 19th Avenue. We love to rejoice. And if you're not a sports fan, there's other people that rejoice. Fishermen, let me tell you about the biggest fish I ever caught. It was a paddlefish in North Dakota. These things can get to become huge. I got up at 4 a.m. in the morning to leave Fargo because I had one day to fish. I, I grabbed my rod. I drove all seven hours to get there. When I got there about 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, I got down on the bank of the Yellowstone River and I began to fish. And let me tell you this, fishing for paddlefish is kind of like a triathlon. It combines the sports of fishing Rodeo and wrestling. <laughs> you're there with a 10-foot, 11-foot surf rod. You're casting a five-ounce weight into that river, and you're herking and jerking all day long until finally you snag into one of them. And when you do, your drag's going to scream. And that's what happened. I set the hook, and the drag started to pull. This fish, it started to go upstream, and I was gained on this fish. I thought this was awesome. And I, I'm going that way, and that, the, the, but the fish got smart. This was an intelligent genius of a fish. It stopped going upstream, and it started using the current. It started swimming downstream. And not only was it going downstream, peel and drag, but it was going towards the most snaggy outcropping it could possibly find. It wanted to break the line. It got down into the trees. It wrapped itself up. And I, I, I began to pray to God at this point. God, don't let me lose this fish. That's such a cheap prayer, by the way. It's not a very good prayer, but it's the one that came out of my mouth at that point. And I got down on the bank and I, I'm walking down to the fish and I'm hoping not to lose it. And finally we get the fish out of this massive snag. I gain on it and then it's time to wrestle. I jump in the water grab on to 70 pounds of fish and pull it onto the bank. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Paul talked to you about the need for a tow rope. He uses tow ropes to get cars unsucked. I use a tow rope to get a fish up the bank. <laughs> you know, we, we love to brag about football and, and fishing and the things of our will and our strength. We're, we're, we're called to, 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 to rejoice in things that are bigger than that. The work of God in this world. I get a chance to work with a group of people um, with the jail chaplains. A couple months ago, we had our annual banquet fundraiser, and one of the joyous parts about this particular event is we tell the stories of lives changed. We tell the story about people who've gone through incarceration, some of them at the Cass County Jail, some of them in other prisons around the nation who found Christ Jesus and the hope that is in there. Their lives are changed. They go from being incarcerated to a place of freedom, and I'm not talking about jail into the community. I'm talking about what happens in their hearts. 
They're able to step into freedom because of what God is doing. And these folks rejoice at the goodness of God. You and I are called to rejoice in the goodness of God, of what he has done for each and every person here in the world and and, and for ourselves to rejoice in what he has done on the cross of Christ. Mary rejoiced. She was also humble. My fish story, it's not humble. Humility is something that we all need to learn and begin to practice. An author by the name of John Dixon, he he wrote this awesome book called Humilitas. And there he describes humility this way, the noble choice to forego your status, the noble choice to forego your status, deploy your resources and use your influence for the good of others before yourself. One of my neighbors, he's one of the most humble people I know, and he's got a vanity license plate. I know that's kind of funny, isn't it? But here's the word on his license plate, others. He's going to put others before himself. You and I are called to be humble. A number of years ago, I was visiting my grandparents. I tried to visit them every chance that I could because grandma's cooking was just that awesome. And I'd been in the western part of the state and I was driving back, back east and made sure I was able to be there in the afternoon and of course through supper. (laughs) When I got there, Grandpa, he said, let's sit down and let's talk. And he asked me question after question. He wanted to know about my trip. He wanted to, to know what was going on in my life. He wanted to know what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what I was doing. He, he wanted to know about me. And he, he sat there and he smiled and he listened. He, and he never once spoke about himself. His humility was making room for me. You and I are called to be humble so that we can make room for our neighbors around us. You and I are called to be humble so that we can make room for God. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And it's about your neighbor who you are called to love just as Jesus loved. Mary was humble. In her humility, she literally made room for God. And when she made room for God, she made room for you. Rejoice and be humble. Mary's song, it it has strong echoes to other parts of Holy Scripture, especially in the Old Testament. One of those places is the psalm that you and I heard. Um, The psalm, it was penned by David. He's the the author, the lyricist. He's the musician that, 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 that put this to music. 
I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple. I will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I call, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord. When they hear what you have decreed, may they sing the song, the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly upon the lowly. The lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk through the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes, and with your right hand you save me. The Lord will vindicate your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. David does a couple things that you and I need to do as well when we pray, come Lord Jesus. One is thanksgiving. Um, This is kind of the end of that long weekend of giving thanks. And it's my hope that you have had time to pause and to reflect and to pray in thanksgiving for everything that God has done. David did this. How hard would it be for a king, a, a person of great power and might and influence, to begin to become so deluded that they might think that it's all about them and that they were able to accomplish something? David rightfully pauses and gives God thanks for everything so that he might not become deluded in thinking that anything he has done has been apart from God. He also gives thanks so that he knows that he is never, ever alone. You and I, we need to give thanks for those two reasons as well, so that we can acknowledge that God has given us everything and to know that we are never abandoned. He not only gives thanks, but then he gives public praise. He does so in the, in the face of mute idols, He does so in in, in the court of humankind. He, he, He does this so that everybody can know that God has indeed saved him and is continuing to work in his life. You and I, we are called to publicly praise God as well. To praise him for what he has done in Jesus. Through nails and wood, human flesh, and divine love. To know Jesus and to share the hope of resurrection and forgiveness to all who call upon his name. You and I are called into this radical idea that God is using his church, that God is using you to usher in the kingdom of God. God used a person like David to sing his praise. He used Mary to sing his praise. He's calling you and me to sing his praise to the ends of the earth. Folks, let's lift up our voice and praise God for all that he has done. Let us rejoice in the story of Jesus. Let us be humble in our interactions with God and neighbor. Let us always be giving thanksgiving and let us always 
publicly praise God for what he has done in Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. And by your Spirit, help us to publicly live out our faith in ways that are winsome and humble, ways that are filled with rejoicing, ways that call people from a place of despair to a place of hope, calling people from sin to forgiveness, from death to life. Lord, embolden us and help us to invite people to know your love. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.